Hello and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is Penny Sansevieri with my awesome co-host, Amy Cornell. And this is a topic that comes up on calls that I do with authors a lot. And when an, when you release a book and maybe you've been in listening, you've been in this situation, you feel like absolutely everything has to be perfect for release day. It's kind of like you know, planning for your wedding day or, or prom night or or something like where everything, like everything's ordered, everything's perfect, everything, every, all the things are in line. The problem, the problem with that is you could, when it comes to books, mm-hmm. you could wait, you're, you're essentially moving the goalposts, right? You could wait forever for everything to be perfect for your launch day. And we're going to kind of expand on that. So I'm not necessarily saying, and Amy is probably just going to crack up, but I'm not necessarily saying, hey, just pull something off your computer and throw it out there. It's good enough. That's not what we're saying at all. We're What I'm saying is, is like, I will get, I'll talk to authors who say, um, I have, must have all the things ready to go. Um, endorsements, uh, I need early reviews. And we're going to talk about all that on the show today. I need to have, um, you know, here's my checklist and all these things have to be checked off. Most of the time, that's literally never going to happen. So I thought that for this show, we could talk about the must-haves for a book release and a realistic schedule, right? Yeah, I think that's, I I love this topic because truly, Penny, we do see that a lot where we'll get authors that come to us and they just get wrapped up in the wrong things. Yeah. Not that they'll be the wrong things forever, but, you know, and we've done a couple episodes, I know, on timing a little bit because we get it, especially if this is your first book. It's hard to know what you don't know, but, you know, we don't want to see you get into that tailspin where you're just so worried about what you don't know. You're not focused on all the positive steps you can be making, you know, that are actually productive and things like that, because we see that as well. That kind of spin cycle of like, nothing's going right. And then nothing happens. Right. Exactly. Do you want to take the first one? Sure. So you touched on this, the reviews, you know, we hear that a lot. Like, how do I get reviews? How do I get, I mean, we have authors come to us sometimes six, eight months in advance saying I need reviews. It's like, well, you know, (laughs) this is, this is tough. Um, so yeah, early reviews ahead of launch, it never hurts to put in the effort, but you just don't want to hold yourself to the idea that that is something you must check off the list. And I think that's a lot of what we're saying for this as well, Penny, not that they aren't reasonable goals to have, but you know, the whole train doesn't stop for all, every single one of these things to get checked off the list first. So pitching for early reviews, like that, that's something that if you have time to do that and you're thinking far enough in advance, absolutely do it. But there's so much, you know, not to go off on the wrong path, but there's so much that goes into that even as well, Penny, like incentives and follow-ups and you know what I mean? We've done a show on, it's never just one thing, you know, all of your goals involve two, three, four, maybe even five steps for them to really come full circle. And pitching for early reviews is one of those. It takes a lot of TLC and you're not really in control of that timeline as much as you'd like to be. <laughs> right, right. You know, and part of the, part of, I think, the the conversation around early reviews comes from traditional publishing. And mm. traditional publishers would 
go after early reviews. You could also call them blurbs. And I know we're going to talk about endorsements in a minute, but they often would go after early reviews for a book because it helps the book to get into bookstores. So the idea of early reviews, look, if you've got the time and if you've got the connections and all of that, great. By all means, if you've got early copies of the book and you can send out But keep in mind that there's really no place for them to go. So if you're pitching for early reviews eight months out and your book is not going to be up for pre-order on Amazon until a month out, yes, you're giving people a nice long window to read the book. That's awesome. But be careful about doing too much early work that doesn't necessarily result in stuff right? Because nobody can buy the book. So a lot of the early review conversation comes out of traditional publishing where they would absolutely do early reviews. And part of it is part of the early review conversation. Yes, it's for bookstores, but it's also to start to warm up the readers that the author already has. So you'll see early reviews coming out a lot of times for big brand names and things. The other piece of it, and I sort of alluded to this, is the difference between brand marketing and book marketing. So authors, if you're in a situation where maybe it's your first book and you're not really sure what to do, and again, we get this question a lot. We I get it when I'm on the phone with authors to potentially work with them. I get it during coaching. But brand marketing is a good piece to start early. And by brand marketing, what I mean is... Um, this is a good opportunity for you to start testing the waters in social media, get your website up and running, obviously, figure out what your conversation is going to be, start to build your brand ahead of Mm -hmm. building your book. This is extremely important to do, but so many times authors get stuck on, I have to get reviews, I have to get, you know, I have to get early reviews, I have to get lots of, whatever it is. And they're, they're focused on the wrong things as opposed to using that time to figure out what social media site that you want to be on. What's your message going to be? How are you going to roll out your, um, start networking with other similar authors, start networking with people who you want to get maybe an endorsement from, maybe a review from, et cetera. Um, right. But the importance of brand marketing, I mean, Amy, we see this, we see this all the time. Authors get to launch day, they've been focusing on the wrong things and they didn't even have a website set up. Exactly. In the brand marketing time, really, if if you're one of those people that wants to be busy, that wants to take a proactive role, you're ready to think ahead. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, Penny, I mean, that's a great opportunity to even start going through your cutting room floor material. What can yeah. you you know what I mean? Think about use your, er, it sounds funny, but to use your early brand marketing to also think about what you're going to be doing six months after the book comes out. You know what I mean? Like use that time to also help ensure you don't lose steam because yeah. this is a long road. If you're lucky, it's a long road, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's that element of it too, is that not getting hyper-focused on everything needing to happen by release day, because there's a lot more to your book than that release day for sure. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, Amy, do you want to talk a little bit about endorsements? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are also, these are tough. 
um, we get, I, I'm pretty honest with people when they come to us and they, you know, one of their first things, like I want to get endorsements, I, you know, that kind of stuff. And we, I tell them that, you know, honestly, you're your own best advocate. If you've really written a book that, you know, if you really have a place in that market, let me put it that way, especially if it's nonfiction, you're trying to be a thought leader, you have something to say, you've got an industry that you work in, something like that, especially that kind of networking for endorsements is really something that you can own. And I will tell them, it's like, honestly, people will probably respond to you in that regard way better than they will to us, you know, but that networking doesn't happen overnight either. So you got to get out there. We get a lot of nonfiction authors that have a great concept, a great point of view, but they really haven't done a lot of industry networking yet, you know? And it's like, yeah, those don't just magically happen. There's a lot of people out there competing to be the best of the best. And if you want one of them to endorse you, you got to show them you have the chops. And that's, that's typically not something that you do overnight. No, that's absolutely true. The other piece of it though, too, is on endorsements is um, endorsements. So again, this comes from traditional publishing where you get the endorsements early, they wind up on the book cover, they wind up inside the book. Mm-hmm. But the whole, you know, publishing is was turned on its head a number of years ago, and it's unfortunately still trying to catch up. Amy, I know Amy's going to talk about your retail page in just a second, but your endorsements don't necessarily have to live on your book. It's mm-hmm. great if you get them early. Absolutely. You can add them to your book retail page later. Um, since most books are printed print on demand these days, so we're not necessarily, you know, you don't have 5,000 books sitting in your garage where you used to park your car. (laughs) You can, you can add those to the cover if that, if you're so inclined, adding endorsements to a cover, to a book cover is great. It was much more relevant when, you know, the majority of books were in bookstores, right? Mm -hmm. Now you kind of have to be careful with that thumbnail image that people see on Amazon because does the endorsement, you know, when you click on that, when you look at that book, when you look at that, that, that book cover, does your endorsement enhance the book cover or does it make it harder to see in thumbnail? So that's something to consider as well. A lot of times authors come to me and they want to chase endorsements, you know, months out again, great. I used to, so 22 years ago when I was first in business and Amy's just going to cringe. In fact, we may just lose her off this call entirely. I used to do, I used to do, I used to do celebrity endorsements. Like I would, I would do celebrity endorsements for authors. It takes months and months and months to get Mm-hmm. celebrity endorsements. And, you know, Amy, we should actually do a show on endorsements in general. I don't know that we've ever done a show on that because that's actually, it's an interesting kind of, it's an interesting topic and there are a variety of layers to it. It takes months and months to do this. I stopped doing it finally because as Amy pointed out, it's actually better if you do it yourself. You don't want to, you don't necessarily need to pay you know, a publicist hourly fee to chase endorsements. Cause most of the time what I was doing was reminding them that I sent them an endorsement package and then re-mailing it out because somebody lost it or took the book home or whatever. Right. So endorsements can take time and don't delay your book for endorsements or reviews. I absolutely would not recommend that. And the other piece of it, the other reason that it was important to have this conversation is because the best type of marketing is long-term marketing. 
and people like what other people like. So as Mm -hmm. you continue to build interest for the book, it's going to be easier to get more advanced endorsements, more advanced reviews. And by advanced, I mean, potentially, you know, heavy hitters in your industry, bigger names, best-selling authors, celebrities, whatever, the more you have, the more you have, the more that you'll get. And a lot of times that can only happen gradually. The other reason is because uh, Amy, as we know, as new endorsements continue to appear for books and new reviews, it helps the book long-term much better than throwing everything up there on launch day and then having nothing like two weeks later. Yeah. Nothing else interesting happens. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else. Yeah. Because you, you basically been shot out of a cannon on launch day. And that used yeah. to be how books were, were launched. You were shot out of a cannon and two weeks later, you know, nobody really knew yeah. your name. Exactly. Everybody wants to look like the smartest person in the room. So I I love your point, Penny, that you're more likely to get yeses on endorsements and things like that, that you can use all over, you know, not just on your book cover, but you're more likely to get those once you start proving that you have clout with everyday people. When you start getting positive reviews, when you start getting features with influencers, things like that, then the bigger names are going to go, okay, I'm less likely to look like a jackass by endorsing this person because apparently people like this. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. And you may be listening to this and you have relationships relationships with people. That's great. Definitely get them for early endorsement. The majority of authors who want to go after endorsements don't have those relationships. So don't be so hard on yourself or wait. And part of the other reason that I think this, that, I wanted to do this podcast, not that we need validation for our show ideas is because I'm really tired of seeing authors move the goalposts. And I mentioned this early on, we started in the beginning of the show. What you keep doing is you keep moving the finish line and you never finish, right? So get, you know, get this book out there. Amy, do you want to talk about, um, do you want to talk about the retail pages? Yeah, because, you know, when we started this, we wanted to make sure that we touched on things that really are must-haves. You know, what really you have to have before you launch a book to be really strategic versus, you know, kind of the misconceptions about some of these other elements that I love that you pointed out come from traditional publishing, Penny, you know, because that doesn't apply to 99.9% of the writing population. Even those that have a traditional publisher, they're not the ones, you know, getting the attention. So... Your retail page, we do a lot of Amazon work. So that's kind of where the fo- my focus is. They also sell the most books. So whether you love them or hate them, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. But so your retail page, you really don't want to wait and see on your first impression. You know, we talk to too many authors that say, yeah, that was just, you know, it's like, oh, their book description just isn't right. And they'll, they'll say something like, yeah, I just really wasn't sure what to say. It's like, Okay. And that didn't seem problematic. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, it's like for us, it's like that big gasp moment, you know? So your book description, getting it right should almost bring you to the brink of madness. You know, like it, you should be pissed. You should hate it. Like Penny's talked about that with editing, you know, the, the editing of the book, same thing with your book description. I mean, you should really work at that long enough to where you're just so over it but I guarantee you it's better than the one you started with even better. Get some feedback from a book marketing professional. I have 
kind of a mini conversation with a lot of authors that reach out to us about that before we even do the proposal and things like that. I just give them a heads up on some like problematic things sometimes with their description and just give them something to think about. And I let them know whether you work with us or not work on these few things, it's going to help you. And, you know, without a doubt, they're all typically very appreciative of the, the insight because you, it's hard to see those kind of things when it's your own book. Yeah. Your author photo. This is another sticking point. Penny and I've talked about this a lot, you know, kind of offline, but get a professional headshot or at least find a photo that looks like one, you know? Yeah. Don't choose a grainy photo off your old, like, you know, iPhone four that you had sitting in your drawer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like those kind of freak me out to be totally honest. Like people will only take you as seriously as you take you. So if you just slap a photo up there because it was the one good photo you thought you've taken in the last decade, that's not cutting it. You know, right. have a headshot taken. It's worth right. the money. It's a write-off. Just do it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And I think that, you know, um, we ta- I talked, I touched on brand marketing a little bit. Um, I mentioned websites. I think if you, your must list for release day should be a website it doesn't necessarily have to be a website with all the bells and whistles. If you're going to have a blog, it doesn't necessarily mean that your blog has to be populated with all of the content, right? So, so I've had I've had conversations with authors about that. Well, I don't want to release the book until I have X number of blog posts live. And that's fine if you think you can cram those out. But if that's going to delay your book another year, unless you want it, you're ready to really release it. Um, But a website, basic website, great. Uh, Amy mentioned author photo, all the things. I think that's that's perfect. Networking, brand marketing, you know, that whole kind of window between release day is a great opportunity to do some networking. So that's something that should also be very, very high on the list. The point of this whole conversation is really not everything has to be perfect. Most mm-hmm. books are not released with every single duck in a row. In fact, if you look at some of my releases, I, you know, I mean, I, a lot of what, um, you know, a lot of what happens happens after the book comes out. And this is particularly right. true if it's your first book. We all want it to be, um, you know, we all want it to be, the picture perfect launch that rarely happens. So it's not necessarily a failure if you don't have all of the things, but it's also, you know, it's also kind of to be expected. Um, Mm -hmm. Amy, talk a little bit about your, your next point about the promote the the promotion plan. Yeah. And I was going to say, Penny, your mention about the website was well-timed because the, your bio is another thing that we see authors sit on, you know, perfecting your bio and really making sure it speaks to the people that you feel are most likely to read your book. You know, don't just slap a standard bio on there that talks about, I mean, it's great that you have hobbies and things like that, but be more strategic, you know, talk about the things about you that will resonate with your buyer market. That's what needs to go on your bio. And you can do a longer one on your website. I think that's really smart actually, but your Amazon bio, your retail bio really should be strategic and it should instantly have people that are in your market go, this person sounds interesting, or they sound like they know what they're talking about or whatever it is that kind of adds to that checklist they're looking for before they click buy. That's really important. 
and then put the longer bio on your website so people can find out more about you. That's kind of how they play off each other. And the author central profile, that's another thing that authors oftentimes start working on a little too late. Amazon author central has so many different features and sections where you can fill out content. Um, you know, Penny, you've taught classes on this about yeah. how many different things and creative ways to use all of those features on Author Central. So from the author, additional information about the book. They even have a virtual from the inside flap, you know, section where you can add more of that to entice people and to intrigue people. And that's something that you can absolutely be brainstorming and working on as part of your brand marketing as well to the lead up to the book, like getting ahead on some of those things that honestly, as your marketing team, when we just kind of drop that in a client's lap and say, Hey, you have all the others, all these other things you should be taking advantage of. A lot of them, I'm sure are deer in the headlights, like, Oh God, all that homework. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) Their book's been out for a while, but again, it's all about making the first impression. And the last point I want to make was about having, and we kind of touched on this earlier about ways to use your lead up, have a three month plan for book promotion. It lasts longer than that, but work on that three months because those three months are kind of chaotic when your first book comes out because every review that comes in is so exciting and it's so easy to click refresh on your page. I even do it for clients. (laughs) I get excited and I'll refresh to see, you know, how many reviews have come in. But find three things at minimum you can do every month to get your book in front of more people. And that's that should be the main goal. And in case it needs to be said, this isn't for goals like get all my endorsements. Like that is not a timeline element that needs to be on your monthly book marketing. You know, getting all your endorsements is a goal. It's not a book marketing element. So running BookBub ads is much more appropriate than saying like, I'm going to get all my endorsements by month month. You know what I mean? Give yourself something realistic that again, focuses on getting in front of more readers because that's really what you got to work on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think finally, I, I think a lot of where this whole, I have to have all the things done before book launch comes from seeing other authors doing all the things. So we work right, we work with a best-selling author and she's awesome. And she's had her books turned into Hallmark movies. And if you look at where she is now and you compare yourself to that, that's mm-hmm. going to be very deflating. All of her stuff is fabulous. I mean, she's and she's so fun to follow on social media, but that's not a realistic goal right out of the gate. So be careful who you compare yourself to as well, um, because a lot of it is a little bit deceptive and and not taking into account that you know a lot of these people had a have a lot of books out, a much longer runway. Get that book out there and um, start promoting it and and see what happens because I've had, we have authors actually that sit on our mailing list who have been sitting on their books for 20 years. It's the craziest thing. And I understand it's, you know, sometimes it's a little hard to release a book. It's very scary, but get it out there. You never know what great things are going to happen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, we love show ideas. You can email us at info at amarketingexpert.com. And we love a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.